Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey guys, welcome back to Marvel Movie News. Endgame is returning to theaters. Did it ever leave? What will be in this mysterious extra six minutes that we've got coming in its new theatrical debut? Then, Spider-Man, will Venom be in it? Kevin Feige says probably plus a whole bunch more and jessica jones debuted last week let's talk about our marvel movie news welcome to popcorn talk featuring movie discussion news and interviews popcorn talk we talk movies and now here's popcorn talks marvel movie news hello Good afternoon to you, <laughs> our merry Marvelites. Welcome back to Marvel Movie News. I'm your host, Zach Wilson. We've got... Zia Anderson, hi. I don't know why I got so excited. <laughs> and I'm Christian Blatt. I'm more excited than Zia. All right, whatever. More excited. <laughs> more excited. Is it a challenge? Yes, I won. The most excited challenge you never win. That's true, I didn't. The, the excitement <laughs> is... Palpable? Inevitable. Oh, Delicious. Okay. So, <laughs> I love that we all had a word. Palpable. Um, what was yours? I said inevitable. Inevitable I'm and to delicious. Make a Marvel so, reference. Yeah. I'm trying to like make this something. I don't think that much yeah. about it. <laughs> Just say words. <laughs> all right. So, how are you guys feeling this week? We got a bunch of news to talk about. I know so yeah, much. I, just, like, I know. I asked how you guys were doing, and it was silent. Well, I used <laughs> up all my excitement in that first minute. Yeah, so, so that was I'm like all of it. Nap. No, but there is I'm a lot of news. Yeah. There's a lot of Did, exciting news. Yes. Yes. Okay, so we're going to talk about, obviously, Endgame is coming back to theaters. Then we've got uh, Feige talking about a bunch of stuff. So we've got a bunch of rumors coming that we we can now either confirm. Some have been some con- confirmed. Be confirmed to be false. Yep. Uh, San Diego Comic-Con is coming up soon. Yeah. Uh, and Jessica Jones hit our screens. We talked about episodes one to three on Sunday a little bit as part of Marvel TV Weekly, which podcast listeners you guys got in the feed. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then we're going to talk about through episode six. So once we get to that, fair warning, in the back of the show, we're going to talk about through episode six of Jessica Jones. But not Spoilers. past episode six. But not past episode six. And I know there's some cool stuff that happens towards the back that's like been half spoiled for me, but we're not going to spoil that here. Mm-mm. All right. Let's talk about Endgame. You guys. Uh, it's back. It's funny because it, it, depending on what part of the country you're in, like we're in a major city. We're in Los Angeles where mm-hmm. movies stay around a long time. So when people when they're like, it's being re-released, it was like, it's still in theaters. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I was thinking that. I'm like, I think it's still in the... When yeah, I look, there's it's in a couple of theaters. Yeah, I was I was at the movies on Saturday, and uh, I walked past a, yeah. a one of you know, 16 screens. One of them was showing Endgame. So it, it, it didn't left. leave that theater. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, there's a lot of movies out right now, and they, but it still hasn't completely flushed. I mean, because you, you've gotten so many other movies released since Endgame came out. Yeah. But... 
They're putting it back in, in case you guys haven't heard. It's going, it's going back into theaters in a like semi-wide release with an extra six minutes. Yay! <laughs> now, here's so now what... So is it three hours and 12 minutes? Three hours 11. and... No, eight. Eight, eight minutes, minutes total. It's two minutes. Yeah, it was 3.02. So two plus six is... Eight? That's right. <laughs> Yay, Zia. Yay. <laughs> um, so we don't know for sure what all of those six minutes have. From what I understand, because there's a lot of different conflicting reports on what it's going to be, but the, the consensus seems to be that it will all be after the credits, that the core movie is not being changed. How do you guys feel about that news? Were you expecting, once they said re-release, were you expecting like a director's cut with like an extra scene like slotted in? I would have liked that. That would have been nice. I always like to see extra scenes that they cut, even if it makes the movie like 20 minutes longer. I'm totally cool with that. You're already sitting for three hours and two minutes. You may as well sit for three hours and 22. Um, Go ahead. Well, I thought it would be interesting if they were do like, as we know that there was that intended sequence, you know, after Tony's snap, where that had the actress from 13 Reasons Why Not as an older version of his daughter. So I'm like, oh, is it going to be stuff like that? They really don't want us to see that. For whatever reason, maybe they have that actress in mind for something else, you know. But uh, yeah, so I thought it might be that. And then I heard it was after. It it makes sense, I guess, because the people are going to go back to see it. They probably want to experience it again the way it was. And then if you have your extra stuff at the end, it's not really ch- fundamentally changing the movie in any way. And the, and the Russo brothers always said that this was the movie they wanted to make. There wasn't, there's no director's cut of Endgame because this was the movie that they wanted. So putting extra scenes in would be, would be in contrast to what they had said about the movie. Uh, and I don't need, I, like, that movie was good to me. I don't think it needed extra pieces put in. No, it's just places. always fun to see. Yeah. I, I just like to thing. see what they cut. Well, I love to see what they cut, but I don't need it put into the movie. True. Um, there are very few place, times where that is, like, there's any good reason to do that. The Spider-Verse Blu-ray has a whole cut of the movie with the original storyboards and scenes, and, like, com- it's a completely different story. But you're watching it with animatics and storyboards and with, like, fake voiceovers and stuff like that. It's a different experience, and that's the whole point. They're trying to show you, like, what might have been in a different version of the movie. That's very different. It's not just like, well, this scene wasn't really working, but we put it back in to make the movie longer. Uh, No, this is the endgame cut is the same. So, it's all going to be after the credits. Here's what we have been told, or... What has been leaked out, rather. There's going to be some kind of uh, deleted footage. Don't know how much. Don't know what that means. Some ki- There's going to be some kind of Stanley tribute as part of the six minutes. And then we don't know anything else. <laughs> I mean, that's enough, though. That's enough. To, I mean, I was going to go rewatch it anyways, but because you've still only seen it the one I've time, I've only in the seen theater. it the one time, yeah. so I got to go. I got to go watch it again. Yeah, I've spent nine hours and six minutes seeing this movie in the theater, so uh, it's going to take you know a little something extra for me to see it again. And uh, I was looking on my Twitter feed trying to find who said it, but somebody said that 
this is a quote, and I wish I could give credit to who it was. I'm not excited to go in for a post-credit scene where Professor Hulk eats a stack of pancakes. You know, because sometimes your extra <laughs> scenes are that sort of thing. You know, well, like like the post-credit scene in Avengers when they're all eating shawarma, which is great and funny. But I think that they're just like, oh, am I going to go see this whole movie again and then only get that sort of a thing? But six minutes is pretty substantial. Well, like, let's be clear. Like, they're not forcing you to go to the movies again. I think this is, one... It's partially got. It's got to be motivated by that. They want that extra push to get over Avatar, right? They're so close. They're so. It's literally forty million dollars away. I mean, I'd go watch it again, even if they weren't having the extra six minutes, just to help that happen. (laughs) Because you want to, you want to dethrone Avatar. Yeah, screw you, Avatar. You're not as cool. I have I have conflicting feelings on this. Like as a Marvel fan, I'm like, yeah, Marvel for number one. But also, there's like the, yeah, but it's kind of it's kind of cool that there's like an original movie, and you can argue about like the plot being recycled from other stuff all you want. But the right. characters, the story is an original, and that's the number one movie. That's kind of well, nice. He's making four sequels, so yeah. he'll get he'll get four more cracks to take that top slot. Okay? It's just it's one of those movies that if like you to me if you don't see it in IMAX in the theater where you're like oh this is crazy awesome it's not a great movie. <laughs> I mean I see in the in the chat you, the Stegmans is just a cheap stunt to beat Avatar. Yes, I don't think you're wrong. Yeah, no, I don't um, think you're wrong. Either, it doesn't mean we're not going to get cool stuff as part of it, right? Because they know they have to incentivize us with something. So six minutes. I know I'm going to check it out, but I don't know about how everybody else feels. I was going to go back to the theaters and see it again just because I wanted to see it one more time before Far From Home. Mm-hmm. Sure. But, like, now I have more reason to. Now there's, like, that extra, yeah, take another three and a half hours of your life, go to the movie theater, and sit there. The whole extra six um, Yeah, so... What the question is? What do we think is going to be in those either extra footage? Do you think there's a possibility that we get? Let me start over. Here's the possibilities that seem likely: Spider-Man: Far From Home preview, either a scene from the movie, a scene of where Peter is, like right after Endgame. Mm-hmm. That seems very likely. Yeah, it would tie in. I think that would make sense. Um, yeah. Do you think that so then there's the possibility that we get a preview of a currently announced project which could be Loki mm-hmm. or Falcon and the Winter Soldier, uh Vision and the Scarlet Witch, WandaVision. Sorry, it's mm-hmm. WandaVision. I'm just going to uh, pretend like that's not what it's called. It's called Vision <laughs> and Scarlet Witch. I like that it's called WandaVision <laughs> because it means that that show's going to be absolutely weird and insane. True. It is but they be haven't crazy. begun filming any of those, have they? Loki has begun Loki filming. Has begun Remember, filming. We, we saw that production oh, that's still. Right. Mm-hmm. We did see that still. So that, the, But that would be the only one that they'd have anything to include. Uh, with what, so as far Loki's, as they've Lo- told us. Loki's waiting in line uh, uh, outside of Studio 54 trying to get in. And yeah. I, like I said, <laughs> I, I'm happy to see it. I just That's probably all we'll get, that so, sort of thing. Yeah, lo- so it could be Loki because that is baked into the spin out of... Endgame, mm-hmm. in, 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 according to our theories and the rumors, it builds off of the alternate universe Loki. Right? Yeah, that's true. So you could it, that could be a way to build since it's out of Endgame and very much tee up Disney Plus to like go 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 subscribe to Disney Plus, get ready, get in line, and maybe they put up like a subscribe the be ready for day one as part of it. Like next week, it's the. 
put your credit card information in, and then you have access <laughs> at midnight kind right. of thing. Uh, which could be this could be a big way to put it out there. Do you guys think, like Christian, do you think it, we could see Eternals or Black Widow tees, which have started rolling on cameras? I think it's possible, but what I think this is more likely going to be is that it'll be actual, you know, deleted scenes, maybe stuff that when they went into the the editing room, they already knew weren't going to be included. Stuff that we will eventually see on the, the Blu-ray as deleted scenes. Okay. So uh, I think that there'll be things, you know, from throughout the movie, but we see them at the end of, at the end of the movie. Uh, I think it would be interesting to tease one of those things, but... I feel like they'd be stealing their own thunder uh, from, you know, from the two large events where they're going to make big announcements uh, just in the course of the next month. That's fair. So I don't know that we're going to get to see anything. But I I think that would be pretty cool if uh, if we got to see anything of the the Eternals because we still haven't really seen anything. Yeah, because – and what you're referencing there, uh, it was made official this week that – uh, Disney and Marvel Studios will be returning to Hall H – at San Diego Comic Con, uh, Kevin Feige said, they, the, in addition to their panel at uh, Disney D twenty three, it's like it's not Disney Celebration. That's a different thing. That's a totally different thing. Uh, no, D twenty three is going to have their their own Marvel panel. And what Feige said talking about it was it. He said it was going. Feige said that it <laughs> is going. I'm working on my tense here, guys. It is going to be to different announcements not just going to be repeating the same information they're going to find a way to make each panel feel unique and fun which i like i appreciate that because if it's just the same thing at both once you've seen one you've seen the other so what's the incentive to see the the next one yeah it it makes sense for if if i was gonna guess movie slate for the next five years gets revealed at san diego because everyone will freak out and they'll own the news cycle for four days right Mm -hmm. and then disney uh, plus gets D23. Yeah. And they show the first footage of Loki. They show the first... Because they'll also be able to, in the same weekend, be like, hey, here's uh, the Mandalorian footage. Here's the uh, Simpsons on Disney. Well, I don't know. All that stuff. Right. Anything that they're going to have there. Yeah. Um it makes sense. Uh, do, so, and, uh, do you guys think they'll also probably throw in like some of those six minutes are probably going to be like behind the scenes footage? I guess that's, that's the only like that seems almost too likely, but like would be exactly what people would not want. Uh, yeah, it I'd, to be. Good. I would just rather wait for the the Blu-ray for that. Honestly, like that's not what I would want to go back and see in the theaters. I would. I think I, I'm kind of with Christian on this one. I would prefer, and I think that it's going to be just some maybe some deleted scenes plus the tribute to Stan because. I, I feel like it's too early to really tease any future projects, especially since they're going to have everything announced soon. Because what they don't want is that what they get, like, you know, they get close to the goal, but then the word of mouth is like, no, it's just a bunch of stupid behind-the-scenes stuff and a right. nice tribute to Stan. If people don't feel like they're going to get I think there's plenty of people who want to see it again, but you're having people that are going to only go for those six minutes like me. And uh, if I hear that it's not great, uh, I, I'm not going to be as excited about it. I'm still going to give them my money. But... <laughs> I am going to do it under protest. And if, I, and if I'm really not impressed, I'm going to buy a ticket to another movie and then just go for the uh, the credits of uh, Avengers Endgame. We so, do not encourage theater hopping I encourage, this program. I encourage them making a good, mo- a, a good six minutes and then I want to see it. What? Yeah. 
I mean, I have this is the this is the advantage of having AMC A list. Yeah, is I would see Avengers Endgame multiple times, same monthly fee. Right, mm-hmm. exactly. Uh, so same monthly fee. I already saw Men in Black. I'll see Spider Man a couple times, and I'll go see this Endgame, same monthly fee. Yep, no, it's amazing. Subscription movie services were. Uh, very helpful to my habit of going to see movies multiple times. <laughs> it pays for itself in just like what two movies in a Generally month? Generally two movies, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like if so, if you see more than two movies a month, it's worth it. Since you can go to IMAX and it's the same. Yeah, exactly. Difference. Same thing for the fancy chairs. Uh, yeah, I see, I see all my movies at Prime 3D now. Hell yeah. Uh, <laughs> which is how I saw Men in Black, which. Did you guys see Men in Black? I did. No. Uh, it's vaguely a Marvel movie. Yeah, since it. Malibu Comics, which published the original Men in Black stories, got bought by Marvel, and then Marvel published the Men in Black like the, the, movie tie-in comics, yeah. which are all impossible to find these days, <laughs> at least digitally. Oh, okay. Um, they, I don't believe they've been reprinted, um, and they're not available on Comicsology or Marvel Unlimited. Difficult to find. What do you oh, real quick? We won't spend a lot of time. No, no, on we this. don't spend a lot of time. I thought it was fun, and I don't know what people are looking for in a Men in Black movie that that wasn't because I was okay. just like, oh, that's great. They're, they were they were good together, which we already knew from Ragnarok, and uh, I was just like, oh, this was fun. Some good laughs, and you know, cool uh, special effects, and uh, you know, a new uh, very small character who I liked, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't I had fun with it. I, I I did not expect any more out of a, out of a what a fourth Men in Black movie than. What that was. I don't even think I watched the third one because I was like, why are we still doing this? Oh, you gotta see the third one. The third <laughs> one is so good. Is it? The third one is amazing. Um, I would say, I would put it personally in my rankings one, three, two, four. Okay. Okay. All um, right. I think that's probably why I watched two and was like, you know what? I'm good. Two is underrated. It's good. It's three fine. is better. Three is better. It has like a big emotion, emotional arc to it. Okay. I highly recommend it. As far as international, I really liked it. Tessa Thompson and uh, and Chris Hemsworth have an amazing chemistry. The whole cast is great. Yes. Um, they have a great Thor reference that's like not even subtle. Yeah, he, it's very he funny. like he literally. Uh, you, I won't spoil it. Uh, well, you saw, we saw it in the trailers. We saw it in the trailers. Yeah. Uh, but we see him reaching for it, and he does the whole, like, come to me hammer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> reaching for a real hammer. Okay. Uh, the thing that Men in Black International is missing, Christian, that I think the, the problem that I had, and I think a lot of people, whether they've keyed into it or not, it doesn't have the hidden in plain sight aspect that the original movies had, that the first three had. All the aliens are just out living their lives. They're not trying, they're not, like, the corner guy that's right. kind of weird. That guy's an alien. It's there's a big blue dude. Yeah, he's an alien. <laughs> it's just less. They had more of a budget. They had more of a yeah. CGI aspect to it, and it took away sort of the whimsy of the idea that anybody you know could be an alien. The aliens were all themselves. I which totally get that. It just yeah. wasn't what the original concept we were sold on for Men in Black was, and they so it lost a little bit of that fun. I mean, it, it lost fun for me because there wasn't a new original Will Smith rap song in the end credits. That's yes. really why I didn't enjoy it. I mean, it. you gotta have that. It's a huge bummer. Um, oh, boy. Yeah. Anyway, let's go back to Marvel and talk about Spider-Man, which Spider-Man. is just around the corner. Spider-Man. Kevin Feige talking about it. Uh, we're not going to talk about all the scenes that they've started to put out in the extra trailers because they're getting very spoilery. 
at this point with the movie right around the corner, and yeah, first re- first reactions are out. People have seen it. Yeah, I, I saw that and didn't click on any of those. And uh, while I was at the gym this morning, Colby Smolder was on whatever Kelly Ripa's show is called live, and uh, it was a clip. It was like a scene I hadn't seen before, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to stop watching this because uh, the movie's almost out. So I I looked away from the scene that that had uh, that had Jake Gyllenhaal in it, and I'm just like, I'm not going to watch this because yeah, you're right, they're out there now, and uh, I guess once there's been a screening anywhere, they figure like, yeah, all right, let's just go ahead and put everything out there on the commercial. <laughs> I mean, at th- th- this point, they're just trying to put butts in the seats. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a normal process for movies, but it's where we stop talking about it and watching these things because we want to enjoy the movie yeah, uh, as much as we can. Um, but talking about future movies, um, Kevin Feige was re- addressing a lot of the rumors that have come up. For example, the idea that Deadpool would be, in a, would be introduced to the MCU via a Spider-Man movie but the quash on that not happening. Uh, he didn't confirm where how they were going to introduce Deadpool, but he just made it clear that it's not going to be via Spider-Man. The Aviara, the, the producer, was was talking about the same the same issue and question. It, it doesn't work. Deadpool is R. Mm-hmm. Spider-Man is very much PG thirteen world. The two you know, the two do not fit together until they do. You know, until they until, do. until they come up with a project where it makes sense to have them. But yeah, I don't think he should be introduced in a Spider-Man yeah. movie anyway. Don't force Especially it. because it is. I, I think we want to see Deadpool in a very R-rated way whenever yeah. you do get him. Yeah. You know? Well, that's the thing. There is obviously we've seen in the comics Spider-Man, like Peter Parker and Deadpool have a great rapport. There's mm-hmm. a there's a perfect back and forth, like the responsibility versus the absolute lack of responsibility. The the dynamics are really fun. But Ryan Reynolds' Deadpool and Tom Holland's Spider-Man yes. do not fit together. They're just, they're in two complete, yes, they're in both in the superhero worlds, but they're in different tonal universes. Yeah. And it would be too weird to put them together. Although I could see, now that you mention it and thinking about it, I could see Ryan Reynolds and Tom Holland working well together just as actors, not necessarily oh, as the characters. Yeah. But as those characters. You know, yeah, not yeah. so much. Yeah. Yeah. Not so much. It's just what, it's the version we've got. Now yeah. talk to me again in six years when we're on Spider-Man 5. And he's right. more adult. I'm just well. There'll be another reboot by then, but sure. <laughs> I, I would like to see Tom Holland play. I, think for I would too. I, I would love to see Tom him Holland. For... Seems to be enjoying himself. Yeah. He he, has, he said that enough. he wants to keep playing the character, and I think with the connectivity of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the odds are he's going to stick around for a while. Maybe switches out for a Miles for uh, Morales for a couple movies. And then comes back older, and that's what I'm saying. Like, that's if, cool. if we're, if I would we get like that because yeah, down I mean, the in, line, in the comics, Peter went all the way through grad school before mm-hmm. he dropped out. So it's like, yeah, if if he plays him that long, I, I think that would be great. I'd like to see Peter for that long, and I think when they cast someone younger, it was with that intention. You know, yeah. the the other the other iterations, he graduates high school at the beginning of the second movie in both cases. So it's like, yep, he's too old. So uh, I like that he's still in high school. And also, I see Tom Holland being one of those kids that just is like the the kid from um, Game of Thrones who just never ages. He's going to look like he's like 16 until he's 30. He just kind of strikes me as one of those kids. So he can probably play a young character for a while. Then he can get away with it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, it works. He's what, 22, he's 23 20, He now? looks like he's like 12 <laughs> to me. I can't believe he's 23. Buy, I know. We can buy him as 16, 17. It yes. Um, but he is going to have to go to college soon. Right. I so. think the next movie he can go to college. Because yeah. yeah. he doesn't in this one. So yeah. that's fine. Uh, and, and hey, maybe he he meets uh, a young, a new young woman, 
named uh, Gwen Stacy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was Stacey. trying to think of a, fun, a funny response to that that would like throw people off, but uh, no, I want to see Gwen. I, I'm curious to see Gwen in these movies eventually, but yeah. we'll get to that. Yeah, uh, yeah, we'll get to that. I'm sure when something horrible happens, <laughs> <laughs> they're going to introduce Gwen Stacy just to kill her again. Have fun with that, guys. Um, Spoiler alert. Yeah. So, uh, the other thing that, that Kevin Feige said that was really big and loud, and we sort of teased a little bit, uh, he was talking about Venom, which was the other major rumor yeah. for Spider-Man 3 or beyond, and Feige asking if Venom was going to appear in a Spider-Man movie, and Feige made it clear, it's up to it's up to Sony to search. I mean, obviously, any Spider-Man movies are a collaborative venture now mm-hmm. between Disney and Sony, but the Venom character is very much in Sony's universe. So he's saying it's up to Sony, but he says it is likely. Probably in... We will see Venom in a Spider-Man movie. Now, does that mean this iteration of Spider-Man? Maybe not. Maybe that, he's, it, being, he's, being, he's being intentionally right, vague. And does it mean Tom Holland... I mean, sorry. Uh, why can't, Why did I blank on the actor who played Venom? Uh, um, Tom, Tom Hardy. Hardy. Tom Hardy. That's why I did it, because your names are so Tom similar. Uh, you know, could it just be Could it just be the symbiote and, and no human attached to it? You know, there's a lot of questions that that presents. That's you know? true. So, uh, but yeah, I think at some point it makes sense. And yes, of course, that's up to Sony. They're like... And, and there's... There's no way that Sony's like, no, 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 no. We don't want to combine these two properties. They're yeah, I mean, if valuable. the rumors... Yeah, sorry. Uh, to over, That's all right. Um, the, if the rumors are believed, Sony very much wants Venom in the mm-hmm. next Spider-Man movie. They want to be feeding... They want to be building out their universe the same way. It'll be interesting to see. I would love it if they would do that, but the bigger that they build out their universe, like Morbius going getting his own movie, I think the harder it is for Disney's MCU to invite anyone from that world in. Well, because they're going to create their their own storylines that have nothing to do with those storylines, so having them intersect would be very odd. I feel like if you start building out the worlds too much. Well, that's the thing is once it Kevin Feige has like his whole world built out i'm sure in some you crazy like a giant room. storyboard like yeah. a huge one with like pieces of string and pictures oh That's yeah what I'm picturing. it's the charlie day thing <laughs> yeah. where he's just like pointing it <laughs> but i meant but i he must he must have that and if, whether it's digital or on I, I i like to picture him with a giant map board i hope it's a map board uh but it, it all of his stuff is very clearly intertwined the marvel cinematic universe all fits together. Yes, there you could you get upset about like, oh, the Spider-Man movie broke the timeline by using saying eight years and it didn't fit eight years. Other than like minor things like that, they all fit together. But as soon as you say, okay, we'll let Sony's character just show up in this movie, now we're getting into that weird, nebulous, does it fit? It only fits in certain ways. Is that in this universe? It becomes question. Everything's right. a question. And unless we're going to do multiverse jumping, which is possible, yeah. if, if Spider-Man is introducing... If Spider-Man Far From Home is truly introducing the multiverse, that's a clean way to bring Tom Hardy's Venom into this world without messing anything up. The mul- that's actually true. The multiverse fixes all. Be like, I don't know what happened. I came from the multiverse. 
I mean, you can have, it works. You can have Ben Affleck's Batman pop up in the in, the, in a multiverse story. That's exactly. <laughs> wow, that'd be so weird. I'd love to see the uh, Rotten Tomato reading on that movie. Uh, Gamer Girl in the chat says, to me directly, the symbiote needs to be attached to a human. That's how it's been ever since the symbiote was introduced in the comics. Not true. Uh, when he first meets the costume in Secret Wars number 8, it's just kind of slithering around and it connects with him. And when Eddie Brock gets it, the symbiote's sneaking around and it's like, hey, friend. So it it does need a host. And that's sort of what I was saying. It could be without Tom Hall. I mean, I did it again without Tom Hardy, and like, oh hi Peter, can I be your friend? And then that's how they could introduce it. That's all I was getting at. It can very easily leave a host behind and travel on its own for a time. Are we going to have the same problem we have with the Chris's in the Spider-Man universe with Tom's? Yes, clearly yep. because I've done uh-huh. twice. And if Tom so- Hanks becomes somebody <laughs> in the Marvel universe, I forget. You it. beat me to it. Oh, sorry. Tom Hanks is Uncle Ben. Oh my God, please. <laughs> We've never seen Uncle Ben. We haven't even seen a picture of him. You guys! Tom Hanks and Marissa Tomei. Oh, what a great couple that would have been. Oh, that... The age... That kind of works. kind of works. You just have, like, a younger hot wife when you're that... Like, that you, happens, yeah. So when you're Tom Hanks, you could get... Yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tom Hanks could get with Aunt Bay. that happens so bad. Definitely. Uh, he would be a great Uncle Ben. He would. Uh, he who are the other Toms that we could circle into... <laughs> We already got Tom Hardy. We've got Tom Holland. Tom Hanks. What other Toms are there? There must be let other us know famous, famous Toms. Tom. Yeah, like let's know the chat what famous who Toms we, you want to see in a in a Spider Man specific story. There's Tim. We could get Timothy Oliphant and then just have like Toms and <laughs> Toms Tims and, Tims and, and Ted Danson. So yeah. Just, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, this guy's not a Tom. But he is one of the internet's new current favorite people. Oh, I already know where we're going. It's Keanu Reeves. I don't know how he's just now everyone the internet's favorite person. Like he's had years and years to be this person. You hang around long enough, everybody comes back to it's sort of like how you know supposedly John Travolta had a comeback in Pulp Fiction, but he never stopped working. It just all of a sudden everybody's like, oh yeah, I really like that guy. You're like a duck. It's the kind of thing where Keanu never really went away. Yeah, he's always just been like quietly like a good guy. And, he's and the then best we guy. started. We just John Wick's John Wick three came out, and it was like there were stories about him just being like a nice guy to yeah. people when the plane broke down and, and all stuff. It's like, and he's a yeah. new character in Toy Story four. He's a great character. It's very yeah. funny. So it's more Keanu Aww. in your in your box office. And you guys see all those pictures now that are circulating the internet where he takes pictures with female fans, and he literally never touches any of them. He's always like the floating hands. Yeah, well, yep. that's what you got to do in this day and age. Good True. for good well, for just, Keanu. That's what you got to do to be a respectful human being. Well, even because if somebody leans in for a hug, you should still probably you know be like. Okay, whoa, hold on to the picture. Do we want to do the hug? Well, you know, not Keanu. Look, not we we don't we don't need more uh, Jeff Goldblums out there. Just I'll leave it at that. Yeah, what did Jeff Goldblum do? We'll talk about this later. He didn't do anything. It's just I know how he is with his fans, his female fans. Gotcha. Uh, I've seen it firsthand. Oh, okay. But people are. It's at all. It's all consensual. Consensual Mm -hmm. for the most part. As long as it's consensual. Um. I'm not throwing any shade at Jeff Goldblum. He's no. just like I love Jeff Goldblum. It's the opposite of yeah. that. Uh, Got it. Anyway, Keanu Reeves, uh, Kevin Feige confirmed that they are talking to Keanu Reeves about a Marvel Cinematic Universe role. Apparently, they have been talking to him for a while. 
I'm yes. so excited. But they have not found the part for him yet. I, I actually, and as and as hard as it is to be like, oh, I just want to get him in, I, I want to be like, just get him in. But um, at the same time, I would rather wait for the right role. I would rather it, they come up with the perfect character for him to play, and then you get to see it, and you're like, oh my god, this is what I've been waiting for this entire time. <sighs> yeah. Um, so the, they compa- he compared it to Jake Gyllenhaal, who mm-hmm. apparently they had also been talking to for a while about different roles in the, in the MCU, and just waiting for the right one to fall at the right time. I'm sure shooting schedules play a part in it. Uh, but well, they, they, they found Mysterio right. as the right role for Gyllenhaal, and they slid him in. So they've been like basically keep. I'm sure they like bring Keanu in occasionally. What do you think of this part? This yeah. role that'll be like this. We'll do this, and he mm-hmm. maybe he passes. Maybe the studio try like maybe screen tests him, shows him some shots, or the shooting schedule doesn't line up. But either way, we will. Sounds like eventually get Keanu into an MCU movie. Yay! <laughs> yeah, and uh, I guess the uh, the annoying thing, yeah, there's a lot of great things that come out of the internet, but the annoying mm-hmm. thing is I keep getting this uh, pop-up alert that I haven't set for for some <laughs> video that says, Keanu Reeves cast as Adam Warlock. And I'm like, well, what is this? It's like, that's not a thing. But it's like, if you put that out in your video, it'll show up every time somebody <laughs> has a, has an alert for Marvel news. And uh, I keep thinking, I'm like, wait, is this true? Oh, it's that same stupid thing that I haven't seen yet. So, uh, They're trying I, to get it in your head. I, yeah, I just think that whoever is is, like you said, just take the time to make sure you get it right. Mm-hmm. I think if they are considering him for Eternals and just theoretically, I, I think that they're really doing a good job assembling, you know, a great all-star cast. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I think him as a as a villain in Eternals mm-hmm. would be a great t- take because it would be surprising. Yeah, very interesting. Uh, I do think him as Adam <laughs> Warlock is wonderful casting as the perfectly built human being. Come on. I know. Come on. I know. Um, Nova, depending on the version you do of Nova, right. he like or, or or if it's Sam Alexander, his his father, um, I forget his first name, something Alexander, could be a a good part as well. Um, there's a lot of great roles that Keanu fits into. We have uh, people in the chat. A uh, few people are saying uh, Namor, and uh, Jenna James says Chameleon, and Gamer Girl says Keanu Reeves as Black Knight. Oh. So. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah. Black Knight's an interesting one. I don't see Namor personally. Um, I don't either. With I that need one. again. I I need someone who has more of that snidely whiplash. Yeah. <laughs> not not specifically the mustache, but that feel of evil, like evil like uh, with everything. Your yeah. Because Namor Namor's evil, you guys. He's not a like he does heroic things sometimes, but by and large, he comes back around. You know, at times he <laughs> serves. He's, he's an he's anti-hero. An he's at definitely best. an ally. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then let's see. Uh, also, a couple of people saying the Beyonder, and I know we've talked about the Beyonder here. Uh, Richard Parker, Spidey's dad, or Corsair, who is Cyclops's dad. That gets. I mean, that's the Star Jammers. That's that's X Men. That's not for a long time. So uh, uh, I think that's well, a great Cors- character. Corsair does play a role with the Eternals at some point, right? I would be stunned if they use that character in anything other than an X-Men movie. Okay. Uh, somebody's suggesting Craven. Is that what you're pointing at? Yeah, but yeah. also Tom Felton would be a good chameleon. Tom Felton. All right. <laughs> well, see, All right. Go. I would like to see him in the MCU. I would, I would, I would like to see oh Chameleon, my God. by the way. I think that's uh, that's somebody that we've, you know, we're due for. Well, speaking of uh, Spider-Man villains that we... Uh, 
may or may not need. We're getting a new one in the comic books, which is my transition into uh, the big story. We talked about (laughs) a little bit on Sunday as part of the Marvel TV Weekly episode. Uh, they did a big countdown on Marvel or on Marvel's Twitter, yeah. uh, the official, the at Marvel one, which generally posts more comic book news than anything else. Where they posted an image that was just the number four made in webbing, and everyone, the internet freaked out. <laughs> there was a giant meltdown because everyone thought that they were going to adapting be adapting Sam Raimi's Spider Man Four. Into a comic book. I still love not, how excited. Still not a bad idea. No, just it's not. saying. Yeah. yeah. No, would you guys? Would you guys read that? Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. It, yeah. Would, it would be cool. I love alternate universe. Yeah. Way, like adapting something that almost was into a comic book, like a movie that we never saw or a TV yeah, show that talk, never got a final maybe season. We talked about it last week. That that script that the screenwriter for First Class wrote that was going to be the the X Men, the FF, and Daredevil. That probably wouldn't have been a great movie, but I'd love to read that script. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I would love to see that as a comic book. Yeah. 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 Great way to adapt that. Uh, there's so many ways you can do that. I mean, we've we've seen it. Uh, they did the Star Wars, yeah. like George Lucas's original draft of Star the Star Wars story, which has familiar pieces of it, but is wildly different. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, like characters are combined, characters are split in two, and that's done as a comic, like graphic novel, it, not a book. Mm-hmm. It was oh, a comic book. Damn. It was, they adapted it and, told, and just told it as a comic book over, I think, seven issues, maybe so. eight. Um, it was a cool story, and I would love to see them do that more. But we're not getting that. No. We're not getting a Spider-Man 4 adaptation. What we are getting is J.J. Abrams and his kid, Henry Abrams, doing a Spider-Man comic. Who, by the way, just looks like a miniature version of J.J. Abrams. <laughs> um, that's that. So that's what the whole tease was. And then it started with 4, and then it was a countdown until today's announcement that J.J. Abrams... And here we have a look at the cover that they'll be doing... Uh, it'll be a, a mini series from them. That's the limited series. It's going to have a brand new villain that they've been working on cool. called Cadaverous. I mean, that already sounds ominous. Cadavers, cadavers. Yeah. Get it? Get it? <laughs> uh, who will cause problems for Spider-Man, Peter Parker, and Mary Jane? Ooh. That's what we got. Uh, cadaverous. It definitely so. Definitely going to be violent. Mm-hmm. Probably going to. I like. I'll bet you we're going to get some very reflective paper for yes. this for this issue. I think you're right. So that there'll be some some light reflecting back at you. <laughs> Bring lens flares to the paper. <laughs> and, uh, I love that J.J. Abrams named his kid after his first screenplay regarding Henry. Did I, seriously? I, I mean, his kid's name is Henry. That's how he got his career started, was writing regarding Henry. So I don't wow. think it's an accident. Wow. Wow, <laughs> JJ. Um, apparently this has been, like, the uh, Marvel editor Nick Lowe had been, like, working on something, like, trying to get J.J. Abrams to do a comic with them for, like, a decade. Oh, wow. Finally so happened. it's been a while, and now now we're getting it. And that means things are slowing down for J.J. Abrams, the fact that he's able to do the comic now. You know, I'm like, <laughs> wait, it's like, I'm, I finally have the time. Let's do it. Yeah, he's not doing anything big this year, right? I mean, he's done, I would say. So, yeah, he <laughs> yeah. had the time now. Uh, I, I don't think they've wrapped post on that yet, on, on Star Wars, episode nine. Um, oh. For... Keanu Reeves, yeah. Uh, I think they're still casting Keanu Reeves as Silver Surfer. Uh, I like that idea. on the nose. I like it, though. Point Break. (laughs) But if you do a remake of Point Break where he is the Silver Surfer in Point Break. Watch that. I mean, come on. I'd watch that. Who doesn't need something that meta? Yeah. I hope if we do get Silver Surfer, we get, like, the recent Dan Slott run. 
where he, like not the Galactus part. Maybe you have to do Galactus first, but I hope eventually we get that like ethereal, almost Doctor Who y Yeah, I mean, comic I, book. yeah. The the Silver Surfer I don't want to see is the uh, Silver Surfer trapped on Earth. That's always kind of the least interesting version of him for no, me. Which no, is, no, no, the dance lot run is him right. with like uh, a. Like with this woman that he gets, and they literally Doctor Who, like Dan Slott's right. talked about, like he was doing Doctor Who with the Silver Surfer, and they're traveling the stars together, yeah. going to different planets. Yeah, it's super weird. That's that's what you want. I like it. You know. Um. All right, let's jump over. Oh, Shang Chi news. Mm. I almost forgot the Shang Chi news because I switched up our order. Uh, there's a couple rumors about people who might be getting cast in Shang Chi. More rumors, you guys. We can't equate this with anything. But the two that we're hearing now are Donnie Yen, who mm-hmm. you might remember most from Rogue One, mm-hmm. and Ludi Lin, who wa- who had roles in Power Rangers and Aquaman. Uh, that's it. That's like we don't know what roles it would be for. for I think it's to say Donnie Yen's a little bit too old to play Shang Chi. No, I think that they were, and I don't know. I think I just read this as someone saying that. Um, What's the other kid's name? You just said it. My brain is Luke. Ludi Lin. Yeah, Ludi Lin as Shang-Chi. And I think in an interview he said that he would like to bring his martial arts into that role. And I think that that's awesome if you get somebody that you mm-hmm. don't don't necessarily... I mean, obviously he would have a stunt double, but not where you need a stunt double for every scene that he's doing that in. I would like somebody that can actually perform... The fighting oh, in, the, in, that, in those scenes. I mean, look, Christian's the wearing the shirt. Like, learn, learn <laughs> from the past. Learn from Iron Fist. Yeah, uh, please. Like that was one of the flaws. It's, it was not that. Uh, look, you could argue about his performance all you want, but they had to cut around his like the amount that he did, didn't have the time for training. Mm-hmm. So they had to edit around his his fighting ability, which was not the right time. But if you get a true martial artist yeah. to do the stunts, you get it. Who, who, who's the new Bruce Lee? Find it, find him. Yes, right. or even Jackie Chan. I'm cool with that too. New Jackie Chan. Well, same, yeah, does, same thing. Does they, own stunts. Exactly. Yeah. These these fighters that do their own stunts means that you can get the crazy stunt thing in the same shot as yeah. the emotional delivery. You just have to find somebody that's a good actor and a good martial artist. That's not an easy feat. No, it's not. But, but if anyone can do it, I trust you, Marvel Cinematic Universe. All right. So with that out of the way, uh, I think we should jump over to Marvel TV time. Talk some Jessica Jones. Woo-hoo. Which, by the way, is that why you wore this shirt? You'll have to find out. Oh. Marvel movie news. We're talking TV time. Okay. So, spoiler warning for Jessica Jones, season three, episodes one through six. We're not going to talk about anything more because we haven't seen anything more. Or I think I have. Christian has. Because right after this, over on After Buzz TV, our sister network, I'll be doing the Jessica Jones After Show. We're going to be doing two episodes. Uh, at 2 o'clock Pacific, we are doing 5 and 6. And then at 3 o'clock Pacific, we're doing 7 and 8. So I've seen all the way up to 8. So that's why I'm going to get my notes in front of me so I'm careful what I talk about. All right. <laughs> um, we talked a little bit about like the first three episodes on Sunday. Uh, after, like, so at the end of 6, we've got this big serial killer reveal what do you guys think of of these episodes how are you feeling at this point Zia I like I like the direction they're taking in this a lot I think that Salinger is a great match for Jessica I like I actually like that we're getting Jessica and um 
and Trish working together a bit, I still want to see them have a big showdown. But I like that they're like finally starting to work together, and I like some of the emotional moments that they've had have been really nice. Yeah, the the partnership aspect of yeah. it is super fun because it's something that we we haven't really had with Jessica. We didn't have last season for mm-hmm. sure. We had a little bit of a tease of that in with in season one with her and Luke Cage. We mm-hmm. obviously saw the bigger version of that uh, with Defenders. But seeing her in a team-up, Hellcat and Jessica Jones, I like. It. I am here for it. And also, she cuddles with Eric. I'm sorry, but I was like, uh, <laughs> Jessica. <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually found the, the, uh, this that guy uh, Eric's like power set really fascinating. Yeah. The idea of being able—he's sort of—it's like a reverse empath. Yeah. Yeah, and I like the fact that it's not mind reading uh, you know it's not telepathy it, it's like i just feel something bad about this person and i thought that they explored it really well in the earlier episode where they went around and he just didn't know what they had done he just knew they had done something which is enough by the way to blackmail people yeah. it's just when you try to blackmail a serial killer <laughs> that's a big whoops yeah but uh, yeah no look i think that uh, that having Having Salinger as this, you know, very calculated uh, adversary for Jessica, uh, who, you know, definitely figures out how to push his buttons. But uh, you just have to obviously be very careful when you're dealing with somebody like that. But I love her and Trish working together. And I liked episode five. I think that the uh, episode titles, they've done really well uh, this because that one's called I Wish. And that's just sort of that thing at the end. I wish I hadn't killed your mom, you know. And I, yeah. wish my mom, I wish my mom weren't a, weren't a mass murderer, you know. I think they're and, coming to terms no, with I, seeing it, each other's side. Right, and it's like, you know, it's like, yeah, look, we're we're not... You're still my sister. We grew up together, and she still cares about her, but that doesn't, you know, you can be mad at someone and still realize the value that they can offer. And mm-hmm. just the, the fight scenes with them and just the, you know, the investigative scenes and, uh, you know, all of it. I just like watching them together. Watching Jessica push Trish out a window. That was a great <laughs> that moment. Was good. Uh, were there any other standout moments for you, Zia, in these? In, in these episodes? I did really like the way that they showed ju- how Eric's powers work and just how, I guess, detrimental, really, they are to him when they had Salinger getting close to him and watching Salinger figure out what the heck was happening and what was going on with him. That was cool. I like the way they did that a lot, how he's literally bleeding tears, bleeding out of his nose yeah. was crazy. Um, so and, I like that a lot. And as you asked, yes, I uh, I did wear this shirt because they very specifically referenced Danny Rand in episode six. Said his name. They did. Yeah, said they, his name they, and everything. They don't just say Rand Enterprises, no. which they had said in an earlier episode. They actually say, Mr. Rand is on a sabbatical. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that third season of Iron Fist we're yeah. never going to get. That, that awesome sabbatical that would have been cool. amazing. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> so mad about that. Yeah. <laughs> I really am. <laughs> um, it. I'm excited to see like what they do in the rest of the season because I love the idea of a PI show mm-hmm. doing a tra- like, like this doing a traditional serial killer. Yeah, like obviously uh, the Purple Man and uh, Jessica's mom are both serial killers at yeah. the end of the day. But this the the classic TV or like murder mystery serial killer crime drama well, crime yeah. drama where it feel it. It's like a Law and Order episode, mm-hmm. but played out over a full season and with superpowers in play. 
It's it's why I tune into a show like Jessica Jones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, I think that uh, the fact that he's this more calculated, like the traditional sense of a serial killer, you know, the fact that, you know, it. we talked about this on the after show, it's sort of like Dexter, you know, he's got it down, he knows how to not leave any evidence, and he's got basically, you know, the settings and all that. It's, it's not something that you see that often in superhero stories like that kind of you know i mean uh, you know carnage pre-carnage is a serial killer but you, it doesn't come up that much so i think that having that angle uh it's great and uh just the just the two of them back and forth and i don't know what else the actor who plays salinger has done before but i think he's fantastic he's yes yeah. he's so well cast for the the um let's just say the mood swings that he goes on throughout the course of a single episode and he, I, he's creepy. He's yeah. super creepy, and I really like his motivations behind it, too, thinking that other superheroes haven't earned their powers because it was just given to them. I like the way that he... he I mean, he sees them as a cheater because he's, like, really honed his skills and worked yeah. towards becoming... I mean, I don't... Becoming what? A superhero? I mean, a serial killer. I don't know how he thinks that's heroic, but whatever his skill set is, um, I like that. I like that, that, that they've taken that approach. I also really like what we're getting with Jerry Hogarth's character. She's so dumb. God. (laughs) I just just can't. She literally, her entire plan to being a selfish a-hole to get Kith to be with her, she lost everything. Yep. Everything. And now she has nothing, including two, well, she kept some of her clients, but lost her biggest one. she lost Rand. Yeah, Yeah, she lost Rand. So it's like, she has, she has almost nothing now. She's scrambling to hold on to any sort of clients, realizing that instead of having someone to even finding someone to grow old with, even though that's kind of messed up because she has uh, MS, it's MS, right? No, ALS, I'm sorry. Yeah, ALS. Um, She has ALS. She's going to just die this sad, lonely death because she tried to ruin her love her ex-lover's life to it was she's so dumb <sighs> anyway but i yeah, just, see, I, yeah I, jerry sees the world through a very narrow lens yeah. and uh it doesn't usually work out for her that's see, a good point see season one of jessica jones yeah yeah think about uh, it, it's it's tough to watch her go through that because you know what she's she's just like i have to get it all done now i have to live for the now yeah. and she's just she's in a way she's sort of gone reverse of jessica which is really interesting where Jess is thinking more about the people around her and mm-hmm. how they're affected by what she does, becoming less self-destructive. Yeah. And here's Jerry who's living more for herself. And, yeah, she's trying to reach out to other people, but she's doing it in a way that is extremely self-destructive. Even if it's not heavy drinking, it is even more so because she's playing with her entire career and other people's lives. Yeah. And Malcolm... It, his storyline, Malcolm continues to be one of the best characters on this show. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like, aside from Jessica, I think he might be my favorite character because his arc from season one as the abused, druggy spy of the Purple Man to high powered investigator yeah. who's struggling with the moral ethics of what he does on a day to day basis is fascinating to watch. And the acting on his role is amazing. Yeah. I really oh go ahead. I'm still team Trish, but I do like Malcolm a lot. I I, I think watching Trish finally get to be a superhero is uh, very interesting as the season goes along. But to your point about Malcolm, I mean, it was like almost comic relief in the first season, the junkie down the hall. You yeah. know, he was definitely an afterthought, that character. So I think that, you know, he has the he has the most depth from uh, seasons one through three. Mm-hmm. 
Agreed. I also really like the um, we're getting from Trish versus Jessica, how now Jessica's really like trying to play it safe and play by the books and Trish is like, no, let's go get him. <laughs> she's, she's throwing caught. She's like, I, I, I just want to kick his ass. And you're like, it's it's actually really funny to see because Jessica's being like, no, I want to do this by the books. I want to get this guy properly. Properly, and you're like, this this seems this seems weird. Why are we not? We've switched. What happened? But it's but it's it's I like good, it. it's good. It's character growth. Yeah, it, that's that's why I love because I, I saw somebody earlier in the chat was like, I can't watch these Netflix shows. They're too long. They're too exa- they're exhausting. It's like one. Don't feel like you have to binge. Watch at your own pace. Yeah. Yeah. Like, don't let them be exhausting. You don't have to see them all immediately. You can watch them over the over a month. You don't or let two. us peer pressure you into watching six episodes in a week. Yeah, this yeah. review will yeah. be here if yeah. you have more time. And I'll say this: I wouldn't be watching them like this if I didn't have to for the show either. I would personally watch them at maybe like one every couple of days or so. No, I'd be and done. It would feel I'd, more I'd fun. be done now if it wasn't for these shows. <laughs> well, yeah. like, I, I, the one time I was able to watch a Marvel Netflix show at my own pace because it was before I'd come back to this show, and it was between it was when. I couldn't didn't have time to do after buzz was Luke Cage season two. I was there was just like I because of what I was everything else was going on. I didn't have time to do it an after show so of any kind. So I just watched at my own pace. And it was like, oh, this is nice. Yeah, it is. I just watch like two episodes and then like go, do go do deal with other things and mm-hmm. then like sit down and watch three more and then like go here and watch three more. It was, it's a lot different to watch something for fun than it is to watch it for a deadline. But the whole point of me bringing this up, don't feel the need to rush. The, the the benefit of having these long seasons as opposed to a two-hour movie is that you get these slow character growths mm-hmm. that you get to see Jessica go from the person who just does everything herself, doesn't need anybody in the world, to leaning on people, relying on a partner, cuddling up to a person. Know, it's painful. So Even when she thinks that she's ready for something, like we saw at the end of season two, and by the time we catch back up with her, she's already like, no, I don't want want you here <laughs> everybody leave yeah um sorry i just have to quickly go to jenna james in the chat yeah i like malcolm too but to give up his girlfriend for burger boy's sister like five thumbs down i was yelling about that i was like dude malcolm no what are you doing for a, a blowjob from a prostitute really that worth it? No, that's what he did. Oh, I mean, you it, dummy! It, it was a comp. You, you know? I mean, dummy. He's turn down a comp. You know, so oh. uh, uh, and uh, you know, uh, keep watching. Uh, but I, 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 yeah, I think uh, it, it's. I like how together Malcolm seemed at the beginning of the season, and even by the end of that first episode, you're like, oh yeah, this isn't going well for him, is it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this balance. He's he's overextended himself. He's got himself in this world that he shouldn't be in, which is Hogarth's world. You know, yep. and uh, I think uh, watching the repercussions of that is uh, fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So real quick, I want to do a Doom's Question Corner. If you want to hear us talk about S.H.I.E.L.D., we did it on the Marvel TV Weekly episode that was released on our podcast feed earlier in the week. Um, also, before we do Doom's Question Corner, uh, uh, tease if you missed it, we Christian and I on Tuesday <laughs> sat down with X-Men writer extraordinaire Chris, Chris Claremont yes. and discussed... All the stuff about Dark Phoenix and Legion. Yeah, and I think, again, if you get the podcast feed, it, it was just in there. But uh, if you watch us on YouTube, you can find that. Just look for it. It's the episode before this one. It was on a Tuesday at a weird time, so most of you probably didn't even know it happened. Uh, so uh, definitely check it out. We talked to him for like a full hour. We talked great. to him for a full hour. We could have he, easily talked to him for four hours. Yeah, he talked to us about Dark Phoenix and everything that went into what his what his feelings were on the movie. He overall liked it, but he had some, some interesting stories about how it got 
got made and what yeah. the intentions were and how he felt that they, they failed the movie and what they did right in the movie. Uh, oh. Also found out that he was the he was doing the outline for Gambit before it got shelved. Yeah. And that was his pick when we asked him what character he wants to see in the MCU from X-Men, Gambit. So yeah. for more on that, check out uh, the cute. Chris Claremont I- interview either on Popcorn Talk's YouTube page or on our podcast feed. Uh, so re- this is real quick. Doom's Question Corner from The Feral Barrel. Do you think that Ghost Rider will be a villain in his Hulu show? No. Yeah, I'm going to guess no on that one. And I haven't even seen him in the... In, the, um, in Shield. In Shield. I just, it just feels like an anti-hero show. And I don't see them making an entire uh, season about a villain. I feel like you have to connect with the character on some level. The instinct is to say no. Because like, obviously he's going to be the, the hero of, of this story that we're yeah. watching. But I picked this question because I think it's a yes and a no. Okay. Wow. I think we're going to get two Ghost Riders. Do you think the other Ooh. one will be Johnny Blaze? I do. <laughs> yeah. I do. Okay. Uh, there, there's, two, I, there's two scenarios I see for Ghost Rider, and I think that there are multiple aspects in which Ghost Rider is a villain. One, I think you could see two Ghost Riders go head-to-head. I think it's a, it would be a very interesting thing to do. I've also heard rumors that the story is going to be uh, dealing with immigration issues and be potentially on the border. Oh, gotcha. So that's clearly where the villain is, but... The spirit of vengeance as the villain of the story against Robbie Reyes, I think, is also a very strong potential for where our villain is. So Ghost Rider yeah. is both the villain and the hero. Yeah, and I think there will okay. be some non-heroic methods for sure. But I think ultimately he is not a villain. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. All right, guys. Uh, that's um, that's going to do it for Marvel Movie News. Be sure to send your questions into Doom's Question Corner at gmail.com. Christian, where can everyone find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at ChristianDMZ. And as I mentioned, basically minutes from now, uh, over on AfterBuzz TV, I'll be doing two episodes of the Jessica Jones After Show. And, uh, you know, next week on this show, uh, some of us may have seen a very big movie that we would talk about in a non-spoilery way. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm just saying. I just wanted to make sure that people know that now because sometimes <laughs> they get surprised when we may see something ahead of time. I don't know why, but anyway. Um, I'm Zia Anderson. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Zia underscore land. And uh, also on Sunday nights at 9 p.m. over on AfterBuzz TV for Marvel TV Weekly, which I do with Christian. And sometimes Zach joins us as well. All right, guys. Yes. Well, Marvel TV Weekly on Sundays at 9 I'm Zach Wilson. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at that Zach Wilson. Be sure to check out my other podcast, Ships in the Night, where we do weird cross fandom shipping. We had uh, Joelle Monique, who we've had on this show before, where we talked about stuff like what if Detective Pikachu hooked up with Sherlock, got whale into that, as well as who we thought would be a good match for Valkyrie. I still stand by my Star Wars based match for that one. That's Ships in the Night, uh, wherever podcasts are found. Guys, this has been Marvel Movie News. Thanks for geeking out with us. From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network.